U.S. President Joe Biden is seeking to reduce the risks that artificial intelligence poses to the public. So what's his plan? I'm Veronica Dudo. Let's find out. This is In America Today from the Ticker News Studios in New York City. Hello. Welcome. Coming up, Israel's prime minister said that Israel would not agree to a ceasefire with Hamas as the terror group continues to hold more than 230 hostages. Plus, General Motors and the United Auto Workers Union have reached a tentative agreement. But first... U.S. President Joe Biden is seeking to reduce the risks that artificial intelligence poses to consumers, workers, minority groups, and national security with a new executive action. The order, which he signed at the White House, requires developers of AI systems that pose risks to U.S. national security, the economy, public health, or safety to share the results of safety tests with the U.S. government before they are released to the public. For more, let's bring in Oz Sultan, the chief strategist with the Sultan Interactive Group. Oz, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. So we talked a lot about what some AI safeguards might look like, and now we have this executive order. It also calls into play the Defense Production Act. So for viewers, could you explain a little bit about how Biden's new plan will work? Sure. The uh, Defense Production Act dates back decades, and it basically authorizes the president in times of war or times of extreme change to actually put an executive order in place to set some new standards and guidelines. Um, what we're looking at is sort of a trifecta of things. Uh, number one, they're going to be working. Well, this is probably the administration as well as the DOD are going to be working with different AI companies. Uh, to not just document what those platforms are doing, but run safety tests. Now, those safety tests are more than likely um, somewhat in line with the European Union standards are for compliance, but they're going to have an absolute American flair to them. Uh, the second thing that's factoring into this is the use cases for artificial intelligence uh, that may touch on governmental integration and more than likely defense integration. And so the, the near term I could see for this is this executive order empowers the utilization of artificial intelligence tech inside of things like the Iron Dome, which we are now expanding um, a, a footprint to, to Israel, um, you know, in, in its utilization for the uh, remediation against rockets and other attacks. Uh, but the long term of this, that it's going to have overarching plugs into biotechnology, medical technology, um, as well as profiling technology to make sure that the tech that's coming from AI that's integrated with whether that's federal or state data, as well as even civilian data, operates in some sort of above the board way. Now, those standards are, are yet to be fully defined. I think that articulation is more than likely going to happen inside of next year's congressional sessions. Um, but the thought process from this is that, one, it builds a framework for us to move forward. Two, it allows us to actually do some things inside of the maritime situations that we have now um, that are brewing in the Ukraine, in Israel, and in Taiwan. And three, it starts putting us on par with where China is, 
um, and at the same time sets a, a few frameworks for how this stuff could be used with medical data and biotechnology, which is a big worry for a lot of folks because with the ability for you to buy a home gene editing kit these days, like a CRISPR kit, um, there's a lot of weird things that could come from leveraging AI on top of that. And if you think about larger medical companies that have budgets of hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, there's onerous stuff that can happen. So it's a bit of an ethical consideration. Um, the last thing to add to this is there, there were some thoughts on privacy, and we're going to continue to see how Washington uh, lets that evolve over the course of the, the upcoming weeks. Now, we also know Congress was tasked with looking at that. Will this executive order trump anything they were working on? More than likely, this sets the framework for them to, to set the, the, the rules and the laws that are going to move forward next. Uh, the executive order tends to have a trumping effect um, in terms of what it, it, it impacts on top of legislation. So I think that the legislation that is to come will more than likely fit within the guidelines of the executive order. Um, there may be some additional steps towards privacy. You know, we've seen motions towards that from Congress as well as the FCC over the course of the past six months. Um, but the actual end game of this is probably not going to be fully known until we hit some time into the March and April timeframe after the initial primaries and after Congress has had some time to reorganize itself. Now, the order prompted a mixed response from industry and trade groups. What's your analysis? Um, you know, I think industry is always quizzical about regulation. But remember that, you know, about a year ago, um, Sam Altman, the CEO of, of ChatGPT, had actually appeared before and said, hey, we need you guys to help us set sort of like the operating boundaries for, you know, our artificial intelligence. And now they're perhaps looking at this a little differently, given the fact that they're, they've become a multi-billion dollar company inside of a very short period of time. But the impacts of this are going to, to tie into over 200 AI companies out of Silicon Valley, um, not to exclude, but you know to include additional foreign AI companies that are inside of this. And it at least sets some boundaries for you know how like fair play should be. Now, what is that fair play? Well, that becomes a, a challenge that you know we're going to have to look into over the next few months because this is very similar to what the Biden administration got in a court ruling allowing them to police um, what they're calling misinformation on social media platforms, but aren't really informing the public as to how they're policing that. So, you know, you've got policing action, you've got frameworks for operations, you've got a test for industry, and hopefully we've got some privacy for the consumers coming. So it really sounds like this is just the beginning. It's the foundation. You know, the move is the latest step by the administration to set parameters around AI. But again, for a lot of people, they're trying to maybe understand how it affects them. So. What do you make of this and what impact might it have on viewers? I think for viewers, you know, we could look at uh, some sort of uh, marginal, stronger protections that are going to be enacted around consumer data and privacy. Um, but as I always tell people, do not upload your private information to chat GPT under any circumstances because it becomes publicly indexed. The same thing goes for any other AIs that you might be using, including MidJourney and, and whatnot. Um, and a parallel path to that, 
I think it also sets frameworks for us to look at things like child security, child safety standards, um, and then encroachment, which is more than likely going to happen into Web3 technologies, which includes digital twins, the metaverse, NFTs, and a variety of other things that we're just starting to see artificial intelligence to be used on, but more than likely major impact going into 24 and will definitely be changing the way that you interact with technology by 26. Well, we will sure to be watch it. Ah, Sultan, thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said that Israel would not agree to a ceasefire with Hamas in the Gaza Strip and would press ahead with its plans to wipe out the group. This comes as the terror group continues to hold more than 230 hostages. A group lobbying for the families of Israeli hostages held by Hamas say the safety of their loved ones needs to be a top priority for the government. Their concerns come as the Israeli military expands ground operations in the Gaza Strip. Keep pushing. Adva Adar believes her 85-year-old grandmother is in Gaza, based on photos and footage purporting to show her capture. Reuters could not independently verify the location or date of filming of videos showing hostages being kidnapped. My grandmother doesn't have the time to wait. She needs to be back home now. Uh, she's ill and she needs medication and she needs medical care. On Saturday, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said Israel's goals in the war were to destroy Hamas's governing and military capabilities, as well as return the more than 200 hostages. As her boyfriend, I, I truly afraid that these two goals is like um, in conflict with each other. No Malan's girlfriend, Inbar Hyman, is one of the hostages. I think that first the hostages should be free. Israel has tightened its blockade and bombarded Gaza since Hamas gunmen stormed across the border into Israel on October 7th, killing at least 1,400 people as well as taking the hostages. We are not uh, political people or, you know, military people. We are two simple people that try to save our sister. Leah and Leonya Nai believe their sister Moran was taken hostage at the Nova Music Festival. Uh, we found a clip from TikTok begging with for uh, her life. begging for her life. And they say time is of the essence. If uh, Moran is uh, listening to us, uh, Moran, we are united together. We love you so much. You Continue to be positive, positive. as you are. And uh, think about the big hugs we're all going to give you when you come back. And I want you to know that we're doing everything we can to bring you back home as soon as possible. General Motors and the United Auto Workers Union have reached a tentative agreement ending the strike against Detroit automakers. The union had pressed for wage gains, citing big corporate profits. General Motors and the United Auto Workers Union reached a tentative contract agreement on Monday, a deal that would end the first-ever coordinated strike against the Detroit Three automakers. That's according to two sources familiar with the matter, who told Reuters the UAW won record pay hikes after six weeks of strikes. 
The deal follows those reached in the last few days by the UAW with Ford and Chrysler parent Stellantis in what amounts to significant victories for auto workers after years of stagnant wages and painful concessions following the 2008 financial crisis. Details of the GM deal were not announced, but sources said the UAW won the same wage increases it agreed to at Ford and Stellantis, which raises top pay for veteran workers by 33 percent. Nearly one-third of the union's roughly 150,000 members at the Detroit Three joined a series of walkouts that began on September 15th in what ultimately cost the automakers and suppliers billions of dollars. The three tentative deals are a win for UAW President Sean Fain, who organized the precedent-breaking strategy of bargaining with all three automakers at the same time and threatening strikes at key factories to accelerate a bidding war among the companies to avoid more walkouts. U.S. President Joe Biden, who has touted himself as pro-union and backed the UAW, on Monday lauded the tentative GM agreement. GM workers will return to the job after an official announcement of the agreement, according to the Reuters sources. A GM spokesperson declined to comment. Thanks for watching. More ticker coming up.